brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. And we thank you for choosing to listen to us instead of, I don't know, Zane, what do you what do you think would be on at 2 a.m. against us? Um, the neighbors fighting upstairs? Um, alternative weapons and you, your, your ultimate slingshot story. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> hey, this is good old boy Mike, uh, and joining me here on this episode is good old boy Zane. Hey, it's good old boy Zane from Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. Today, we're going to talk about the bourbon. Uh, we're talking about the Bourbon Classic Festival, which was held in Louisville, Kentucky, it's there each year, and this is actually becoming the big event for bourbon locally. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the products we got to try this week, as well as discuss some trends that are kind of continuing and kind of emerging, and just a, kind of a, a really good conversation all the way around. So I'm really looking forward to this today. How about you, Zane? Absolutely, and, and I would say that this is probably one of the leading whiskey events uh, in the U.S. Uh, at this time, probably in the what, top five yeah, uh, definitely. We go to a lot of uh, really great festivals, and uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of good aspects about this particular festival. I think certainly being in the heart of you know the land of spirits and bourbon, you know, being made, um, you know, right there in the Louisville area, <clears throat> I think that uh, allows a lot of people to probably attend and bring a lot of their products, as well as a lot of who's who, you know, uh, people that you actually get to meet that. You may be at another festival and get to taste the products, but are you really pressing the hand with Marianne Barnes and saying hello, you know, for the first time? No, you're you're not doing that. You know, when it it's the <clears throat> festival in uh, California, that's for sure. Um, so you know, there's definitely uh, this is very much a social gathering as much as it is, uh, you know, tasting the products themselves. Well, this uh, uh, festival has kind of a unique, uh, a lot of unique twists to it. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, pieces out of this. The first uh, thing that kind of opens up the festival, of all things, is a cocktail competition. <laughs> so, um, I know, I can hear the pep in your Cocktails step. Cocktails and bourbon. I, I, I know. There's a place, but, but it's a small place, yeah. a dark place. <clears throat> so um, the way this uh, the way this kind of goes down is um, they actually have area bartenders that come out and construct uh, cocktails that go with a lot of the products, and then there's a small plate that's paired with you know those, and then there's a competition. They have a judging you know right there in the middle of the festival, and then they actually award. And we're going to kind of go through the winners as well as play some of the clips uh, from each of those. Uh, announcements as well so you get to hear them just pretty much the same way we did except i'm not as hammered as i was when they were announcing the winners this time around you get a start on it 
I, I am willing to start. All right, first first up, we have to talk about what each of us is sipping. We have not discussed it prior to turning on uh, the tape for tonight. Like tape. We're turning on the recording. Um, so I am drinking a product we're going to talk a little bit about later, which is Michter's 10 from, and I'm actually tasting the 2014 version. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2015 version a little bit later. Zane, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I am very jealous. I have some <laughs> Old Forester signature right here, and I also have a glass of Evan Williams Senior Vintage. Well, there you go. So, uh, some really great stuff, definitely for uh, the two of us to sip a bit while we're enjoying. That's for sure. So, the uh, cocktail competition had some very um, interesting combinations. All right. So, first off, was there one that you liked, Zane, that you remember? Um, my memory was too much, too he, much, he's, too much. He's searching and he's going, no, that is not something that was memorable. <laughs> like, oh, come on. So, uh, I mean, do you remember, uh, was there a lot of bitters? Was there a lot of ginger? Was there a lot of, uh, salt or like, you know, there were a lot of crazy things that were going on. Um, I remember, I remember the pepper, uh, uh and and thinking, who puts pepper in bourbon? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, this was a uh, cocktail that was served up at the Four Roses bourbon team and actually was um, called the Pepper Twister. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I had a very difficult time um, getting through the drink. I think I even had like half a sip, and uh, that was all I could, could muster out of that. And we're going to have a grand debate over the gentleman's name who made this. All right. So those of you that'd like to know how to pronounce this gentleman's name, go ahead. Right on in. In the meantime, Xander and I are actually going to make fun of it. So it's E-U-A-N. So that's not Juan. Juan? Juan? It's not Juan. So it is Yuan. Un. 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 We're going to stick with that. And it sounds like that's a winner for tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're sorry that we've probably insulted your family, your heritage. I'm sure that you have a lovely pronunciation of your name and, and a lovely waxed mustache and a lovely uh, bow tie to go with that. So <laughs> it's a requirement. <laughs> so possibly a striped dicky, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, how would that go down, Zane? I mean, you instead of having your stripper name, you'd have to come up with your bartender name. So what would be your bartender name then? Does it does it have to be like a twenties vaudevillish bartender ha- name? It has to be something that can't be pronounced. Apparently, ah, uh. I'm gonna let you think about that while I read out some of these winners. So, from the uh, cocktail uh, classic or the co- co- cocktail competition at the Bourbon Classic, here were a couple of winners. I'm gonna read a couple, and then I actually have the clips of some of the announcements. Um, I'm sorry, there were a couple of them that were uh, not worthy of. Uh, it just the quality was not good. So, I think you could call me Hector, but there's got to be a Q in there somewhere. Hector, oh. Hector, Hector. I like that. That would be pretty good. All right. So the best classic cocktail was uh, the Deschler featuring Heaven Hills Bourbon. And it was made by Michael Anderson for Butcher and the Rye, um, which is based out of Pittsburgh. 
The uh, small plate, uh, the classic small plate, was a charred onion short rib. I actually had that. It was very tasty. Uh, the chef was Mike Waha, Wada, Wada, W-A-J-D-A. That probably goes with Hector. Uh, he's from Proufon, Maine, representing Heaven Hills Bourbon. <laughs> and uh, then we're getting into uh, some of the clips that I have here. So uh, this is the best classic pairing. So now we're going to do the best classic pairing, and that goes to the team with Barton, 792 Distillery. And that team is uh, Danny Cook, Cook and Chef Josh Cruz from the Harrison Smith House Car Yeah, so if you uh, didn't hear that, it was Damien Cook from Proof on Main uh, was the... Uh, drink was a boulevardier and then uh the dish was a barbecue pork uh terrine uh with celery seed slaw and bourbon pickles i think i missed it oh yeah that's it uh so the next uh award that was given was for the best contemporary cocktail and here's that award Hey, how about that? So that was uh, Dr. No's Bubbly featuring Michter's Bourbon, uh, Beth Burroughs from Downwind Bourbon Bar. And the next award up was for the best contemporary small plate. And here's that clip. So that was a smoked catfish terrine with a garlic potato soup with croutons. Potato soup with croutons. Okay. Uh, the, the, it was Chef Josh Smouse. S-M-O-U-S-E. What is with these people? <laughs> Hector, Hector Smouse. Smouse. Hector Smouse. With the garlic and potato soup. I mean, he's from Bardstown. Could you ima- imagine walking around Bardstown and going, are you Mr. Smouse? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really fit with the local culture too much. But yeah. hey, I'm sure he's a great guy. I mean, he makes a, sm- a smoked catfish terrine. Who does that? There you go. Well, we got one more, which was actually the best contemporary pairing. And here is that award. <laughs> So that happened actually happened to be the um, the pepper the pepper twister that we talked about, um, and the uh, the dish was actually a sous vide uh, beef short rib with black pepper and uh, cider glaze, um, and that was actually very tasty. I liked the dish. Did not like the drink. So. Well, there you have a uh, quick roundup of the cocktail competition. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back in just one minute.
Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is Good Boy Mike. Joining me today is Good Boy Zane. Hey, hey. And uh, we're uh, having some fun talking about the Bourbon Classic, and we've arrived at one alternative bartender named so Hector. With a Q. Yeah, with a Q. That's important. And uh, so I've decided that mine is going to be uh, Lupipi. That is my... Uh, <laughs> That's that is my that's my bartender name. Yo, Pipi. I have a old fashioned. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't script this high quality entertainment, can you? (laughs) Well, we definitely need to get to some bourbon. Zane gets the honors of going over our sips ratings for today. Take it away, Zane. All right. Well, we'll be tasting and discussing these bourbons and rating them with the Sips rating plus our signature sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. I think that's exactly how I felt after having the pepper uh, bourbon cocktail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pepper and who puts pepper in <laughs> bourbon? It's just it's not right. All right. Number two, nice, but what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Three, hmm, that's interesting, but uh, what was this again? Interesting. Four, let's keep this a secret to ourselves and pour me another. That's classified. I said that quite a bit that evening. There was a lot of fours lot in of that fours. mix. There, there was a very good event. Uh, to, I'd say the the average was above average. Mm-hmm. And one more. Right. <clears throat> yes, five. Oh, my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh, my goodness. And there were bourbons that made you sound like that. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there were a lot of things that... Uh, uh, both people watching that at uh, you got that same reaction as well uh well rather amazing array of uh, local brands and i was about just as so- uh, shocked about who was not there um at this festival um and not making any appearance were the likes of will it not there this is surprising yeah i know uh angels envy not there i know where wes was um, practically all of Diageo, they were, they were, uh, I don't think they were there at all. Did you see any of their brands? I didn't. Uh, I thought maybe they was full roses, but maybe it was just a poster. I didn't actually see or try any of their bourbons. So I don't know that they actually were present. Yeah. Um, and Sazerac was nearly completely absent. I mean, he only had like one of their brands there. He had Barton's and, uh, did they even have Buffalo Trace? Um, they remember they had uh, they did have Buffalo Trace in the. Oh, they had Bullet. Uh, that's correct. I forgot. So they did have a pretty good round out. Okay, but, showing. All right, well, so three other brands. That's not bad. So I'm not going to give them half a buzz. Um, so we're going to kind of ping pong back and forth with a couple of our top choices uh, from the festival itself. Um, let's see who has the cooler bartender name: Hector uh, La Pipi. <laughs> Uh, uh, the pee is uh, uh, there's so many ways you can take that right? i know yeah i mean uh i would like a daiquiri la pee <laughs> mm. it doesn't work does it 
<laughs> but you know what? If I had a wax mustache, it would totally work. Okay, it would totally work. You gotta have the wax mustache like the guys at the Burbank. Absolutely, classic. I think that's the only way that that would actually go down correctly. Well, I'll go first, and then we'll uh, ping pong back and forth. So, um, I'm gonna start off by talking about. Uh, um, a product that we have not reviewed on the show yet. Uh, so we've talked kind of around uh, some of this, uh, these products. So my f- uh, first choice um, that I want to talk about, these are in no order. Uh, it's not like one, two, and three. It's just three things we're talking about. So it's Michter's 10. Uh, the 2015 edition is going to be uh, the first product that I thought that I kind of uh, chat about. So... Uh, well, we've covered the 2014 edition, and that's actually the one I'm sipping here tonight as one of our top sips for 2014. The 2015 actually continues this great run. Um, this is still a source product, although it is a single barrel. Um, some of my tasting notes are that the honey tends to give way to a delicate spice element um, with this uh, well-balanced oak. And this bourbon is all about balance. Um, the shocking surprise on this 120 proof product is really the finish. There's just practically zero burn, uh, coming off the back end of this. And it's one of the few barrel proof products that I actually just love neat, uh, with not no water or cube of ice or anything. I just, I love it just as it comes out of, out of the, um, out of the bottle. <clears throat> uh, my sips rating, uh, for this actually is a five. Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 Big surprise, right? <laughs> well, you know, and you talk about, you know, the, the barrel proof and no burn, and that's such a rare thing to find. I mean, you look at Booker's, you look at, uh, you know, Stag Jr., any of the other barrel proof bourbons out there, and drinking it neat is, it volatizes as soon as it hits your tongue, right? I mean, you're basically just inhaling alcohol vapors at that point. And with a lot of uh, barrel proof products, yeah. Mm hmm. And, and it's rare to see one that is actually, like, drinkable, like, truly drinkable straight up. And, and I think that alone uh, merits the rating. Mm. Wow. Uh, it was really awesome. And I actually got to meet uh, Pamela, the uh, distiller, um, there that evening and got to tell her how much we've enjoyed all of the really great products. And I'm looking forward to their ju- juice coming online. Um, I really... Uh, <clears throat> I'm probably going to talk about some of the uh, products that's made with their own juice and not sourced, you know, pretty soon. So, Zane, what's uh, what's up first for you to, to chat about? Well, as you know, we had a lot of overlap in our favorites, but uh, one that uh, wasn't mentioned was the Evan Williams 10-year vintage. Uh, I would say that the 2016 version maybe isn't quite uh, what the 2015 was, but uh, still one of my favorite bourbons, and they provided a good showing again this year. Um, you know, lots of spice, lots of um, uh, caramel, but what I always find with this one is that the the spice, um, it's almost like an inverted apple pie. You know, you think of an apple pie, it's got lots of apples and it's got a little cinnamon and clove. Well, this is like cinnamon and some allspice and maybe a little clove with a little bit of apples in it. So it's sort of like an apple pie a la mode turned on its head with, you know, caramel sauce and a little creaminess to it. It's always one that I like a lot. Um, I think I'll give this one a, um, I think I'd give this one a four. All right. How about that? Four. 
<clears throat> well, we're out of the shoot, finally talking about some bourbon, uh, which means that I'm sipping as we're going along, which is a really good thing. <laughs> it's always a good thing. I'm sure that my uh, my stage name will probably improve by the end of the episode as well. We'll see. Probably not. <laughs> well, up next for me is uh, uh, also talking about a uh, another product that was available uh, in the uh, VIP area, uh, which was... Um, they were serving all the uh, Buffalo Trace products, um, and they pulled out the Eagle Rare uh, 2015 uh, edition uh, for everybody. So this is not the single bear version. This is just the regular Eagle Rare uh, product um, that we got to taste that evening. But I had not had the 2015, you know, blend or it's not a blend, but I just had not had the 2015 product. Uh, so here's a couple of my tasting notes uh, around Eagle Rare uh, 2015. Uh, the palate is simplistically sweet without a ton of depth. Uh, upfront notes of honey, toasted brown sugar, kind of new oak, and uh, light traces of white pepper. <clears throat> I don't know that you can always distinguish white and black pepper, but in this case, you know, it seemed to lend itself for that description. Um, you know, it's, it's not really deep. Um, it's very tasty. Um, you know, I, I would probably uh, imagine that even non-bourbon drinkers would probably find this quite enjoyable. Um, I found myself actually going back um, to sip this uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the festivals you get really small portions to kind of sip on. And this was one of the few things that I actually went back and got another glass of to kind of um, taste it. It was, it really was kind of sweet, you know, on the palate overall. And I thought it was very tasty. Do you think tasty. that they've been getting sweeter over the years? I've noticed this trend with Eagle Rare. Yeah, I do think that... That's part of uh, their mash bill that's uh, kicking up as well. So, um, you know, some of the uh, other things around the finish that I wrote it was kind of medium in length. Um, you know, it was kind of uh, predominant with bubble gum, toffee, and honey. <clears throat> um, you know, like I said, it was uh, wasn't really bad. It just it wasn't like super memorable either. I just thought it was a very it was a solid you know really solid bourbon. Um, I give the Eagle Rare 2015 a three. Interesting. So what's up for uh, next for you, Zane? Well, I've got to talk about one of my favorites that I had, which was the Town Branch Rye. And I think that one of the reasons why that was my favorite uh, was just because of how shocking it is. I'm not a fan of Town Branch bourbon. I think that they have a product that's way too sweet and lacking in depth and character. But their rye whiskey was something else um it it was still fairly sweet it had a high uh corn percent um but was not uh it still had more of the dryness that you would expect from a rye over a bourbon um you know great uh you know you didn't get it in the nose but once you get down into the the drink uh, the, the great rye spiciness, right? The pepperiness, a little bit of that herbal character coming through. A lot of depth of finish with a nice kind of earthy um, aftertaste. I really like that a lot. Uh, and, and I think that as a, a surprise, you know, showing, um, I, I was impressed. I, I would give that one on probably a five. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think what's really great is we actually got to enjoy this together. I mean, we're kind of walking around, you know, on the floor, you know, 
both together and then apart, you know, at times. And, and this was actually a product that both you and I kind of walked up and enjoyed at the same time. And I think what was cool is you actually got to see my reaction uh, tasting this for the first time. And all right. So, listen, I am not a rye guy. <clears throat> um, I, I just uh, I, there are some you know rye whiskeys that I do enjoy, um, you know, but I would say all in all, you know, it's it's. It's a little. I kind of have to grin and, and get my way through it. So Which even is funny because we're opposite in that respect. Where I know. I'm very much. I want high rye bourbons. I like rye whiskey. Yeah. Well, um, so I was actually told this is kind of a high corn, you know, percentage, um, somewhat in keeping with the pattern set by the distillery's, you know, high corn uh, town branch bourbon that we talked a little bit about. Um, you know, that actually showed on the nose. It had kind of notes of uh, sweet tobacco and a little musty wood kind of off of it. Um, and only the tiniest hint of, of rye spice. You know, in the glass, um, I really thought the color off this was awesome. It was very much right on spot. Um, you know, the flavor uh, was kind of sweet tobacco, kind of woody flavors, plus some spice that kind of mixed together. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a... A thick cookie that was had like mm -hmm. a little bit of ginger off of it um so just as all those flavors kind of you know came across there was just this solid spicy kick uh and it wasn't off-putting as well um so when i actually uh you know took my first sip after you know smelling and taking in all the aromas and stuff i was like oh yeah this is definitely a rye <laughs> so um you know, I think the one thing that I really loved about the finish, it had kind of like this tobacco barn, like aftertaste. Um, and I think what really caught me off guard is, so after hearing the explanation of this was a very corn forward, you know, kind of product, I was really expecting this to be just a hot peppery mess. I thought this was just going to be a rye bomb, you know, spit right out of Canada. And I was just, you know, I was like, wow. I was really pleasantly surprised. I really loved um, this product. It was probably one of my favorite new finds of the entire festival. And uh, I'm giving this a SIPS rating of uh, four. That's classified. Yeah, so really great product. And <clears throat> um, I actually, uh, you know, kind of checked a few spot liquor stores on uh, a bit of my journey back and did find it, you know, widely available in Kentucky. Although when uh, I actually arrived back in the Tennessee market, I didn't find one bottle. So that's really quite unfortunate. <clears throat> I, I did find I have to bring one. I know, yeah, which makes me mad that I didn't buy one. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure that I did say, uh, find a bunch of the Town Branch uh, bourbon um, kind of all over the place. So I only checked a couple of stores. It may, it may be in the Tennessee market, and it's just, you know, where I was looking at in the store or something like that. You know, it was definitely, you know, I was looking all over the rise here. <clears throat> all right. So um, what's, uh, let's see. I think I'm up now. Um, oh, I already talked about all three of mine. So what's your uh, last pick there, good old boy Zane? Mm. Well, you know, I, I had the uh, the Russell's Reserve 10-year, and um, I got to say, you know, the guys from Wild Turkey, I mean, they make a consistently decent showing with that. If you're somebody who is not into uh, exotic bourbons and you're not necessarily into something that has, um, you know, very distinctive taste, you just want that classic kind of vanilla, caramel, oak kind of taste, 
you can't go wrong with the stuff that the guys at Wild Turkey are putting out with Russell's Reserve tenure. Mm. Yeah, you know, a uh, really great product uh, that they've brought on the market with that whole line. Um, you know, definitely the 1998 uh, is definitely something I've caught quite a bit of as it's come available. Man, that is a steep price on that thing, though. Holy crap. <laughs> it's, just like- it, it's pretty pricey, and, and, and you're not getting necessarily the same complexity that you're getting out of some of the other ones at a comparable price. What you're getting is the bourbon that someone who's maybe not a bourbon drinker yeah. would enjoy sipping. Definitely. Uh, so, what was it about the uh, Russell's Tin that you enjoyed, you know, so much over, you know, some of the other things out of that product line? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that it was something that I, I particularly. I mean, I, I would probably give it a three mm-hmm. All right. rating. Interesting. Um, but I, I would just say kind of the consistency. Uh, I think the reason why I would not pick something else that was higher was just because I didn't get the opportunity to try some of the um, other ones that maybe would have stood out. The ones that I did try, I was kind of like, eh, uh, okay, not great, you know. So uh, you and I got to kind of uh, turn and pivot and actually try a uh, what I would consider which one of these things is not like the other, you know, bourbons. It was actually directly uh, across from the town branch rye. <clears throat> Certainly the flavored stuff, the, uh, the Boltons. Uh, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that tonight. <laughs> Definitely not. <clears throat> uh, so the one product that kind of caught our attention was actually the bourbon from Kings County. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, this is actually made in uh, New York. Um, the distiller, Colin um, Spolman, um, uh, was actually right there it was actually part of the presentation like right before um you know the grand tasting actually started so we got to see him on stage but it was good to come down and actually chat with him and so there's actually another bourbon a couple of other ones that you know we're going to have on another show which is uh both hudson's as well as pine barrens are a couple of other uh, distiller craft distilleries um in the area that we're going to actually on a have a uh, different show but it was kind of cool to to try that. It was it was it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good, wasn't it? It was good. Um, it was not what you typically see out of your Kentucky bourbons. Uh, Maybe that they're using a different water. Yeah. But um, it was it was pleasing. I mean, they had a good solid product. A little different than what you normally expect out of a Kentucky bourbon, uh, because it's not a Kentucky bourbon. It's a New York bourbon. Yeah. Well, I look forward to uh, actually covering you know more of that product line on a future uh, show, but uh, it was kind of cool to, to uh, definitely check that out. Well, that covers a bit of uh, some of our top three and some interesting products. <clears throat> and listen, we're going to take another break here. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about some of the things that we didn't like on the floor uh, after the segment break.
Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today's Sips episode is talking about the Bourbon Classic Festival that was held in Louisville, Kentucky, and choosing your favorite bartender name, Lou Pepe. <laughs> and I'm Hector with a Q. <laughs> this is good old boy Mike and good old boy Zane uh, with uh, the last segment for our episode here. We've just chatted about uh, some things that we enjoyed on the floor, and I thought we'd take uh, a walk on the other side of the coin and kind of talk about some things that were just not quite what I was thinking they were going to be. <clears throat> so uh, I thought that I'd start off uh, hammering something. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I thought that I'd uh, start off talking about a product that's actually you know kind of gone through uh you know several different uh, gyrations um so the 1792 ridgemont reserve single barrel release um was uh, one of the products that was being poured actually for the first time um in this kind of new packaging okay so i really love the port finish version um you know barton did a great job you know with the port finish off you know this product i you know everybody was raving about it, it was like the perfect marriage um I mean, you, when you look at 1792 Ridgemont Reserve to begin with, it's a very fruity bourbon. It's very. it's a wonderful product. It, yeah. It's one of my favorites. Putting it into a port barrel was a stroke of genius because it just enhanced every one of those characters and, and made it more so. The single barrel, well... Yeah, <laughs> that is uh, definitely uh, not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so they uh, actually uh, started pouring uh, the single barrel, and I really just found it to be a mess. Um, you know, the spice was out of balance. Even the rye pepper, um, you know, off of this was, it was just not pleasing. Um, I think that it was just very typical of this brand, you know, for very uh, several years. And I know that they changed some of the packaging, you know, of this product and, you know, came out with a new logo and kind of a new bottle and you know, banding and the whole bit. And I just think that they went back to the, the same old juice and formula that they had, had been doing because I just didn't taste anything, you know, unique about this at all. So kudos to the port finish. And, but, uh, yeah, the single barrel release, no, that definitely did not work for me. So, uh, Zane, anything catch your attention where you went, please, I don't pay me. I won't have another sip. Well, we agreed not to discuss the flavored bourbons that were uh, present. Yeah, the, we can just skip those altogether. I don't like that, gr Girl Scout uh, bourbon. <laughs> you know, they, they they say that there's a shortage of bourbon and that they gotta have really? you know more barrels and they can't let them age long enough. I, I'd That's why, have, right there. I would rather have flavored vodka. <laughs> it exactly. would have been better. You know? <laughs> why are you taking these good barrels of bourbon that could potentially be put into a decent product at, at some point, <laughs> and and adding sugar and artificial flavorings to it, and then and then trying to pass that off as a decent liquor? Oh, that's, that's, that's right. just wrong in so oh, many ways. I agree. You know, and with that, I forgot that I should chime in. You know, it's worthy. You can't drink flavored bourbon well in the in the land where you hear my old Kentucky home. There's just some exactly. of it is sacrilege, you know, where that just <laughs> is like, this. are you kidding me, man? You know, it's an oatmeal raisin cookie bourbon. What are you thinking? 
fucking man. So. They, they they had strawberry rye at the liquor store the other day, and I I, I almost bought it on accident because I saw oh this is a rye whiskey I hadn't had before, and then I saw strawberry. I was like oh no 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 you no know, no no does stay it, away. Does it come with step like, back very slowly? Does it come with one of those curly Q you know straws that you like get, a twizzler, you know, with right? Maybe maybe if you had one of those bartenders to make a cocktail with one of those flavored bourbons, it would have tasted even worse. Mm, <laughs> you know? Blue Pepe's strawberry bourbon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> with a little bit of cream on top. Oh, oh God. <laughs> well, you know what was what was so funny is when you and I were tra- you know trying the uh, the flavored bourbon products, we looked at each other and I was like, "Oh crap, my glass is just screwed for the rest of the night." It's like coated, I don't, and I don't know who. It's like a film. You and I were looking around for a fire hose to try and rinse our glass out with. I was like, "I am not smelling a Girl Scout cookie all night long. It is not happening." So yeah, we actually managed to uh, rinse out our glass. Um, but you know, there was actually a, there's another product, uh, over on that side of the floor that, uh, you know, kind of caught my attention as well that I had not had, um, which was the 1870 old Forester. Um, so this is a product that I, I think I know a little of the history, but I'm probably going to screw this up Zane. So I think that they made this, they took it off the market for a little while and now it's coming back. Is that part of what went down with this or you know the story around this product I, I don't know the whole I don't know the whole story I it was something like that <clears throat> so yeah because it, it was like a prim, I think it was like their premier small batch product and then they took it off and then they launched like a new series of small batches that yeah. were kind of like all different namies so uh, you know it was around uh, some other colleagues at the time they were like Mike you should try the 1870 and I'm like uh, okay um, yeah, that did not work. <laughs> you know, I thought that it was just a thin, hot mess. You know, I just, uh, I really thought that this juice was just riding on the historic brand and the previous batch recipe. And definitely for this price point, I mean, it should have been a lot better. I really thought at the end of the day, this was 90% brand and 10% juice. It was just, I was really, you know, quite disappointed all the way around. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with Old Forester uh, as a brand. Um, I love their 86, and I'm actually sipping their 100 proof signature right now. But um, for this product and at the price point that it's at, you would expect it to be in line with like uh, an Elijah Craig or something like that. Yeah. And, and boy, is it lacking. So uh, I. Th- I uh, thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the other products, you know, that we got to try this week that were actually outside of the festival itself, and because um, there were some really good ones that we uh, got to uh, try. So, if you happen to catch our uh, other episode that we got to sit down with some other folks that were from the media uh, covering a lot of what we did, um, we talked a little bit about what we did at these places, but um, we didn't actually talk about some of the products and. Um, so I thought I'd spend a little bit more time talking about some of the products as well. Uh, we got to go check out Peerless uh, Distillery. So Corky Taylor explained the rich history of this distillery. And you know, this whole place is, you know, just what you think of in a craft distillery. Um, it, I'm sorry, it's actually the opposite of that. Because uh, with the cost of automated control equipment or programmable logic controllers that sniff, measure temperatures, check volume and weight and everything at every 
you know, waking moment. So this is what you find in a lot of the macro distillers, and it is right there at Peerless. So it's kind of like this miniature version of a macro distillery. Um, so, you know, I thought this was actually uh, going to be another tale of delusions of getting rich on the current bourbon craze and actually, you know, just by selling White Lightning. Well, it's kind of close as they actually do sell Moonshine in like 12 different flavors, but they have been setting back quite a bit, a large quantity of their production actually for bourbon. And Corky actually broke out uh, a couple of bottles and let us actually try their rye, which is about 10 months old. And I was floored on how good this particular product was. It was actually at 100 proof. And I think that the small group of people that I was in, um, I think all of us said that we would um, actually buy that in a heartbeat. Um, compared to some of the other uh, two-year ryes and three-year ryes, you know, that... I've had I really thought this had just an incredibly you know rich flavor uh, to it um, so yeah kudos to uh, Corky um, I really I think it's gonna be a great product that's you know gonna come out of uh, um, peerless distillery have you <clears throat> now I know he hasn't opened up the ride for a lot of public tasting but is there any other buzz there in town about what they're doing or is this like a super big secret or something Zane well, I mean, we know about them. Uh, it's kind of cool that they're right here. You know, they're pretty local. Um, so, I mean, they, they're getting buzz, but they haven't actually... I mean, they, they have the moonshine, which hasn't really picked up much steam yet. Uh, you know, so people are kind of interested in, in they're watching them, but there hasn't been a lot of stuff actually released to the marketplace yet. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that, uh, you know, Part of what I think is going to be interesting is how they're going to have to choose to undo, you know, what they're doing with, you know, a lot of their uh, moonshine as well and exposing a lot of themselves to the marketplace, you know, with uh, the moonshine right off the bat. Sure. I mean, if you get in the business of selling white lightning and, you know, then yeah. how do you turn around and say, yes, actually, we do have this really great rye and we have this really great bourbon. You should try them. Well, another great stop that we got to go to was uh, Copper and Kings with Joe Heron, who is a really funny uh, guy. And I really loved walking around uh, of him constantly reminding us not to start a branded uh, distillery because you will not get rich. <laughs> he had this very nice, thick um, Austrian accent. And uh, he just walked around all day going, this is not a very good idea. If you want to get rich, don't buy a Bandy's distillery. Um, so uh, the Rick House uh, being below ground was actually quite unusual, as I've seen, you know, Brandy age kind of in a variety of conditions. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this on the other episode. So they have this introduction of the sonic barrel age conditioning it was actually a riot. Um, I was laughing so hard. Um, whether it works or not, I don't know about that. It was quite entertaining, though, and it made for a really great story. Um, from the existing lineup uh, that they're making right now, uh, the reserve brandy called Butchertown was really awesome. I mean, I really love that product, and I can easily say that's a four that's you know, in my book. <clears throat> this is a product you can buy today in a lot of places, and I think worthy of a lot of uh, shelves uh, to pick up that product. Have you tried the, the butcher? Yeah, I mean, Copper and Kings <clears throat> makes a great product, and, and I'm not a brandy drinker or brandy fan and, at all. Yeah, you know. But they've made several products that have come out of there that have been uh, very impressive, very tasty, and, and we're proud to have them local. 
Yeah, so uh, here are a few of the tasting notes that I wrote down. Okay, bourbon lovers, it looks like uh, you're going for your favorite sip because this is kind of vanilla and light caramel uh, from the time it's in the barrel. And it gets a good dose of crisp apple and pear and floral notes actually emerging if you sniff it over ice, which I would not do that, by the way. Um, Yeah, I really like this product neat for the most part. Uh, Brandy and ice is just a bad idea to begin with. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting how they actually serve that for us and showing us how... You know, that product changes with the introduction of water and especially with the change in temperature. Um, they made this little uh, aperitif, uh, you know, right there on the fly with just some mint, uh, some of the absinthe that they had and a little bit of water <clears throat> and ice. And, uh, man, it was it was awesome. I, I really loved it. Um, but definitely the, uh, the reserve brandy was uh, really uh, very smooth. Um, and that was the one... Excuse me. <clears throat> that was actually the uh, the one word that I heard a lot of people, you know, kicking in. Um, you know, there's just very well balanced. And for a lot of people that have been drinking all day to say that they really loved it, I thought was uh, really quite surprising. So uh, we hope to really kind of cover a, a full lineup of all the Copper and King, you know, product lines. Because um, it is quite vast. I mean, you had, I don't know, like 12, 14 different, you know, products. And so... And they actually broke broke out a brand new product line for us, and we talked about this briefly on the other show, but we actually didn't talk about it in detail, and kind of which ones that you know we all really loved as well. <clears throat> so I have this really unique concept called the Craftworks, as how Joe said, uh, the Craftworks line on aging barrel uh, brandy in a beer barrel that was actually once a bourbon barrel. So that's why you heard Chris chiming in going, it's a brandy in a beer barrel that's a bourbon barrel. So it's a brandy beer barrel bourbon barrel product. <clears throat> you maybe need There should to- be one word for that. Bourbon brandy. It's Le Pepe. Le Pepe. So there were a variety of products, and I thought that kind of gave the quick rundown of these. So... Um, and a lot of these names you'll recognize for those of you that certainly love beer products. The first one is three Floyd's dark Lord Russian Imperial stout. This is definitely a very difficult, uh, beer to find. You can only get dark Lord if you go to the dark Lord festival. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was kind of interesting that they actually snagged a few of these barrels. This the first time that I actually had heard anybody actually reusing, you know, those barrels at all. And so I thought that was a very interesting choice. The next one was the Sierra Nevada Smoked Imperial Porter. Uh, a lot of people know uh, Sierra Nevada, but maybe you don't know quite you know that Smoked Imperial Porter product as much as it's in their lineup. Um, but it's hard to find, though. Yeah, it is uh, for sure. And uh, uh, the last one is the Oscar Blues Goodnight, and then the next one is the Against the Grain uh, McFanny Bob in a peated Scottish ale, and. Uh, you know, I really love the Imperial Porter. That was my favorite. You know, out of the, out of the whole lineup for sure. Hmm. Well, yeah, you know, it was a really cool uh, you know place uh, to hang out um, there at Craftworks, uh, and it was interesting how Joe you know really talked about that whole place has been almost constructed as a, an event uh, venue. You know, kind of even from the get go, and I thought that was. Uh, you know, quite a, a innovative move and some way of, you know, moving cash, you know, kind of in there. I love the way that they've taken all the reclaimed wood off Whiskey Row and all those old abandoned buildings and then turned it into something new. Yeah. 
it's definitely uh we definitely use the word hipster uh, quite a bit as we were walking around. <laughs> it certainly is a hipster place, as, right? A brandy uh, distillery in the middle of bourbon country. As Joe, as, uh, Joe said, look at that monarch butterfly uh, sanctuary here. You know, it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> That's not something you see every day at a distillery for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, really great uh, time, you know, at this festival. And... Uh, I uh, really had a great time, you know, chatting about it today for sure. So let's uh, go ahead and close our episode out for today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and you can catch all of our episodes online on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip, Sud, Smoke on iTunes or in the Google Play Store we love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at sipsudsmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Please do not rate my bartender name. Go Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that would be... You know, maybe that's a contest, you know, that we should run, Zane, you know. The bartender names, I like that contest. Uh, you know, and rate a wax mustache. You know, I mean, I think that that would be, you know, a requirement for sure. <laughs> I, I think as a Facebook contest, you submit your photo, you post it up on the Facebook page. Right. Yeah, I don't do well with uh, photography. That's why this is a radio show. <laughs> I didn't mean us. I meant like you know, oh, okay. our listeners. Oh, well, that's true. That would be kind of interesting. I don't know. Some of our listeners are a little scary. <laughs> you know, you know, you're going to get that crowd. <laughs> well, uh, it was a real pleasure uh, spending a lot of time with a lot of uh, great folks there in Louisville. Zane, it was really great to uh, run into you, man. And um, I, I hope we'll have you on some more shows in the very near future. Absolutely. I'm always happy to uh, to go to local events and uh, talk about them on the radio. That involve uh, drinking bourbon for like... Especially bourbon, four solid beer, days. gin, you, you know, you name it. <laughs> well, it's good old Mike asking you to keep on sipping. Come back and join us once again. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.